Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. Uh, we talk everything animation here, including OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into right now. Uh, I'm your host for today, Alex Bonilla, and I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And Steve Zek. Hi. And uh, today we'll be discussing specifically getting back on the OKKO bandwagon. Uh, We'll talk about the eight most recently aired episodes. Uh, We're going to talk Glory Days, Plaza Olympics, We Got Hacked, Parents Day, Back in Red Action, Let's Take a Moment, and the most recently aired episodes of Villains Night Out and Villains Night In. So basically we'll be covering the entire last 30 days of episodes that have gone on. Uh, You can find more. Uh, about this podcast, uh, our past OKKO pods uh, at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us uh, on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. We'll appreciate your ratings, your comments, uh, reviews, however you want to uh, communicate with us. And you can also find Overly Animated on your preferred podcatcher. But yeah, we'll be talking about the, uh, the those eight episodes in particular. We've got a lot to cover. We've got some oh. plot. We've got some wackiness to, to talk oh. about. All yes, good Steve? episodes. All good episodes. I don't think really is a clunker among them. Yeah, let, let's get right yeah. right into it. just talking in general. Our, how do you feel about this batch? What episodes stood out to you the most? Or what are your general impressions right now with OKKO? OK Steve, you seem more eager to talk, so let's go to well, you. Well, okay, I think all the episodes are fine. Um, a little maybe too early to rate tonight's episode, but I think the one that definitely stands out the most is Back in Red Action. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should. Save that episode for last. Let's talk talk about all the other episodes. <laughs> but um, yeah um, I know. But of tonight's episode, I I am a little more convinced that Professor Villainous is the shadowy figure. Um, though I'm not sure if Fink is aware of it because, or, or if she is, though maybe she has a good reason why she really was wanted to go after Ko. Because if only she knew that his alter ego. Is could potentially be after her job, so <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So. And, and I love, yeah. And these episodes are all, all fine. Um, I like the, I like the one we met Eden's parents. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. We got an Ellie mentioned. When's she gonna come back? I'm anxious. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's a very very small detail to take and out. Of we this, but, but, uh, <laughs> and we finally got the answer about the the sandwich, the sandwich, the mysterious sandwich story. We finally got some context. Yeah, finally. Okay. Yeah, and, thank you for covering all the headlines here that we're gonna oh, talk about in this episode. Back in red action. Uh, it's yeah. episode everyone here at Over the Anime needs to see, even if they don't watch Ikeo uh, regularly. So. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, Michelle, what, what are your general thoughts on all of this? I I can I confirm my previous like perspective that like the show is just getting it's really hitting its stride. It's all the episodes are just getting more and more enjoyable as the weeks go on, and I'm just so happy where we are in the show right now. It's just like every episode's so great. And it's really, I was thinking, like, oh, what's going to be a top episode? And, like, taking out, like, personal preferences for, like, you know, really gay stuff. <laughs> it's really hard to pick. I mean, I loved Glory Days. I love Parents Day. Back in Red Action is awesome. But even Let's Take a Moment was really good, too, and very satisfying. Yeah. And the, the two we got tonight, it's just really hard to pick one because a lot of them are just so, so strong. Like, strong as any episodes we've seen this season. So I've just ultimately been really, really impressed and happy with what we've been getting recently. 
Yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat as you guys. Like, I can't really find a bad episode in this bunch. Yeah. Like, yeah. even even with stuff like Plaza Olympics, where we got Hack, which is a bit more goofy of, of these batches, but, like, they're really funny. And yeah. they have a, at least a We Got Hacked ha- gets its tone really well of the creepiness. And Plaza Olympics just brings, like, side characters you don't think about and it makes them <laughs> interesting to watch. All the, yeah, so, like, all the episodes. Yeah, all the episodes are good, and not all of them are plot-related. Some You don't need plot to be a good episode, as we see in this batch. Yeah, and I, that's not just something I wanted to bring up, because uh, I, we have several plot elements that are brought into this. We're, we're going to talk about uh, points. We're going to talk about Professor Venomous. But at the same time, uh, I wanted to get your take. Like, are, are you more interested in the show for the humor side of it or the plot side of it? Because at this point, like the show has won me over to the point where like, I don't really care if it's a plot episode anymore. <laughs> like yeah. uh, if it's just a goofy episode, I, I have no issues with it. And to the point, I think some of them I enjoy more than the plot episodes. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, a weird take to have here. Or how do you guys feel on the difference between the two, ep- two types of episodes we get in the show? Uh, let me go. Oh, um, Okay, I I feel though um what I'm most interested in is not even the plot or goofiness, it's just the character episodes, the character arcs. Like know more about what's going on with Carol and Mr. Gar, see more of that. And of course, um see more of maybe something with El with Eden and Elodie or or stuff like that or or you know, or even stuff like even even though we covered last time, the whole Rad Shannon stuff that seemed interesting too. And of course, the robot family in general. Um, I, yeah, the plot's fine. The plot inter- is interesting, though. Really, if you give me a good strong character episode like Bag and Red Action, I'm fine. I it satisfies me. It's not- uh, Mich- okay, um, Michelle, your your thoughts on that, and just like uh, how how plot is actually important to this, or do you not really care? How, how do you feel? I mean, I I agree with Steve. I think the characters are the number one thing I'm here for. And I think OKKO has found this really good balance of, you know, focusing a lot on characters so that we have a strong enough emotion to care about what's going to happen when something plotty eventually shows up. But I don't even think that's the show's main interest. I mean, we it took so long to get the backstory on the sandwich, right? And we finally did. But like, man, it's been almost like 40 episodes in to get it. So, I mean, I, I appreciate that about the show because I, I agree. I mean, I think it's more interesting to just have really good, funny things come out of really interesting character moments. And the fact that they're just like, we've got such a huge cast of like even minor characters in this show in particular that we can have a lot of fun with every now and again. I think that's a really enjoyable part of the show. And I'd rather just enjoy them existing and interacting than always have plot stuff going on. So I'm really satisfied with the level the show is committed to that as of now. And it's not just our main character. I feel like the uh, the Boxman's children are just as much part of these mm-hmm. great characters as, you know, as our th- main trio or yeah. Gar. Or even like the random people in Plaza Olympics. They yeah. like, I cared about them. I thought they were amazing and funny and silly. And I, I really like that we get to see a bunch of these random characters pretty often throughout the season mm-hmm. yeah for for sure characters have been a, a strength of this show so far and uh, 
and moving into like the the headlines here i guess well what what do you want to talk about more do you want to talk about points or do you want to talk about red action i feel like we we can get point out of the way okay well let's let's go there first because there's a question for all of us we have to ask about when we're done yeah yeah but there there are some there are some new new characters here because we do actually finally see point in full of the two episodes will be focusing yeah, the two episodes we'll be focusing on here are Gl- Glory Days and uh, the other one is Let's Take a Moment. So there we get two point flashbacks. And so, yeah, we have the full team as it was back in the day. We have uh, Sil- uh, Carol being Silver Spark, uh, Mr. Gar being Elbow, and we have uh, new additions, the three main guys, uh, Foxtail, Laser Blast, and Dr. Grayman, and uh, an extra sidekick with Carol and Mr. Gar, Rippy Roo, the kangaroo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any, any preferred new additions here or mm. <laughs> anybody stick out Not much uh, well. well foxtail was amazing but for some reason like i enjoyed rippy even though i can like even his name is kind of a lot already <laughs> something about him was kind of charming and i don't know how this show was able to do that because so often shows are like oh this is gonna be really cute and it's actually super annoying but I genuinely like Rippy Root, and his pouch seems like a pretty cool power. <laughs> I love Rippy Root too; he's hilarious. Um, I don't more can say about Rippy Root, but should I just say it now? The question is: Laser Blast KO's dad. I mean, it that that seems to be logical here, maybe. But yeah, that that's interesting because like that theory I I think had come up like way far back when we had the whole your greatest fear episodes. People were already bringing that up. So mm-hmm. there's definitely fuel here, as, as we see. Um, Sil- Silver Spark and uh, Laser Blast have uh, a relationship. They're uh, supposedly dating by the next episode. Uh, ni- nice um, cutaway gag to them licking a lollipop together. That was slightly <laughs> disturbing. But he's like, oh, hold on to this. Well, I do. Me. I do say though, if if Venice is not Miss Shattery figure, then Laser Blast is suspect number two to perhaps be Shattery figure. If you want yeah. to go for that. <laughs> yeah, we, we're we're left with a lot more questions than answers with these because yeah. uh, as uh, at the end of uh, let's let's take a moment, uh, Laser Blast goes into this uh, lair of uh, some villain, and uh, he gets uh, victimized by two of the power balls that were introduced in that episode where. He gets shrunk and then he gets thrown into a black hole and it seems that just disappeared. And uh, it's just left there. But do we think that Laser Blast is alive, even? There's a, there's a potential for him to be. Like, it's a mystery, right? They never saw his body. So for all we know, it could have been. There is, could be more to the story. If he is alive, he, like, if he is alive and he KO's dad, perhaps at least something. Because I do think it could be going with some, like, a. Uh, Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker here with KO being Luke and uh, um his and uh, you know and Laser Blast being Anakin, you know, or Darth Vader, if he is shadowy figure, if it's not venomous. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, one thing that stood out to me rewatching this at some point when they discover these power sucking balls, uh, he says something like, "We could use these against our enemies," and uh, the Fotstail's like, "No, we, we shouldn't do that. We're, we're the heroes. We gotta get rid of them." Yeah, yeah. but like it, already, that they are planting seeds. Like, well, some, something's up with this guy. <laughs> but <laughs> so, Silver, Silver Spark seems to like him. <laughs> and uh, also here we have the explanation of the sand of the sandwich gag that we we've, we've been coming yes. to so many times. 
how do we feel about Elbow tra- trying to um, express his feelings? Oh, Elbow. I really like seeing him like this. Like, really awkward and nervous and not super aware of how to use his strength for the potential it has. And his, like, name being Elbow is, like, kind of sweet in a way. I mean, I he has really bad timing. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. But, like, I can't be too mad at him. He's just, he's just, he he decided he was going to make his move and nothing was going to stop him. Not oh. even the person he was making the move to. Yeah. And, oh, just like that he felt so guilty for so long. I think that says something, too. Like, he really, really... Like, he got down on himself about it. And Carol had already forgiven him years later. And he didn't even realize. So, yeah, yeah it was bad timing. But, like, I'm not that mad at him, yeah. honestly. Bad, yeah, bad timing. But in a way, in a long run, probably saved Carol from whatever would have happened. Yeah. She brings that up later. She's like, you know, if you stopping us going in there could have saved us from getting exposed to the ball power, too. And, and you know, Mr. Gardo, um. More reason why I kind of want to see him more be sort of a mentor to Rad because his awkwardness sort of reminds me of Rad when we saw him in his flashback. And That's how true. Yeah, <laughs> I could see something like that. Uh, and also, we're... like the show has been doing a little bit of Mr. Gar KO interaction where Mr. Gar is kind of <laughs> failing at mentoring KO, yes. but but like now now that we have a bit more of like Mr. Gar having failed at his at it, in his past and trying to mend those mistakes, and like it's like it's good lessons for KO to take, I guess, <laughs> in mm-hmm. the long run. Um, and it's interesting that there in that final scene that uh, Carol is like, uh, oh yeah, I I. I I forgave you a long time ago and all. But then we have that e- ending ending scene where she goes Hi. off to the dojo and like th- this part took me for a loop because yeah. <laughs> like communicating with some secret uh, entity of uh, saying something like uh, Car- Carol checking in. Uh, no, everything's under control. No need to send the unit. Understood. So, so is Carol evil? <laughs> so. I just think maybe she might still be working for Point or something. I I doubt okay. that. <laughs> yeah, maybe because we know canonically that Mr. Gar left after that incident, but we don't know if Silver Spark left immediately. So maybe she is still working for them secretly. For what reason secretly, I don't know, but it could be. Maybe, yeah, who knows? It could something to do with Sherry figure. Maybe they're trying to catch him trying to get him out of hiding i don't know um of course i'm doing mr like with, with someone like villainous or some of the other like real villains pretty much that's real not villains. boxman <laughs> as we established yeah. tonight that uh, they don't consider boxman a real villain he just he's a boxman <laughs> yeah I, I guess carol help still helping out points like that that would be a nice thing I I kind of want them to turn her evil though. <laughs> like uh, I, really, I, I think well, she would like, be pretty cool evil. Because it, it, it'd be so weird. Because uh, I don't think I know of a show that's done this where like a a, a very sweet, unassuming character do, turns evil this far into the into the show. Like we've seen her in so many episodes, and then for her to turn like that that would be a very strange move. But uh, and also like I think there are hints here because uh, her like right at this time being like okay i forgive you now like you've had all this time to try do- broaching this topic and you've never done it until now it's just when this uh robot appears the same one that you attacked back when you were with point 
Uh, I think in the first episode in Glory Days, it uh, Ko pulls out the eye of that uh, robot. Mm-hmm. So it seems yeah. that she she still has that around for some, uh, uh, and it might be connected. Like I don't know. Uh, like I, I get that the logical explanation would be okay. She's still helping out uh, the good guys, but like uh, I, I think there's a there's a door here for something a little a little extra. <laughs> I don't know, but. I mean, that would be really interesting. Clearly something extra is going on. I don't know if she has enough motivation to turn evil, though. Like, what would be the point? Yeah, that, uh, that's true as well. We don't have much on that, <laughs> don't have much on that side. I think we have enough of, like, evil, like, mom theories with Steven Universe, so... Oh, God, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's Carol Rose Quartz. <laughs> oh, it's... Oh, man. Uh, so we we have that point side, and the other big plot thing, I guess, is uh, Professor Venom is showing up again, making his <laughs> grand return. That uh, they have this uh, ter- this terrible night out at the yacht. Uh, oh, you mean we'll, wonderful, uh, magical, lovely night? Oh, oh so man. romantic! In box <laughs> was yeah. romantic, Alex. Oh, okay. Well, are, are, are we keeping the ship alive? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it came back in full force. It definitely feels something there. Um, they, Venom, they, yeah. they did propose to each other at the end, yes! right? Like, did he kneel? Like, he kneeled. <laughs> Wait, I just got some new information here. Look on Wigia. It turns out not only Venomous and Shattered Figure voiced by the same actor, but so is Laser Blast. Oh, this actor also voices Laser Blast. So, Shattered Figure suspect just by voice actors. Now that's a possibility with Laser Blast just as much as Professor Venomous. Uh, is that Professor Venomous laser blast? <laughs> voice, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Venomous, uh, he continues definitely to remind me of Toffee in a way, and just in just the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. Toffee very from Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Yeah. Very calculated and cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so like the, this plan they're they're making, it begins with uh, Venomous coming to check on Botsman's project, which is uh, using the Glorbs more efficiently. As far as I understand, Glorbs are meant to be like a rare power source in this universe. So it begins that way, and then we get distracted from it with this party thing. But <laughs> and then at the end, he mentions uh, your your secret project. You're going to give me every detail, and I have this biochip that will turn it into the most dangerous thing alive. This is yeah. what makes me sad, because I want to ship them, but I'm afraid Villainous is just, like, playing Boxman to get what he wants out of them. Which is really sad, because Boxman likes him a lot, he's really trying. <laughs> he's trying as hard as a Boxman can try oh, to win Boxman. this guy over. Poor Boxman, he's just being used. He's in this, uh, one-sided, theory, yeah. he's in this one-sided abusive relationship. It, it, is this show's great, greatest achievement that it has made us sympathize with Botsman? <laughs> Botsman's pretty... I don't know. He had that was, whole episode where he got to sing his big number about himself. I was pretty sold on that. He always seemed sympathetic to me. He was too pathetic not to be sympathetic. <laughs> and they're both single dads. That's why it's, like, great. They should get together. They both have kids. And they're both evil. And just, I don't know, the way they were drawing Venomous in this episode, just, like, when his shirt got all ripped off in, like, a sexy way, I was just like, whoa, they know what they're doing here. It's not just us. They know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, considering some of the ep- episodes we've seen in this bunch, 
it definitely they could do that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, any anything else here with Venomous? Uh, like, uh, do we have any idea on what this big plan is, or are we just on for the ride here? I don't know. He, might... uh, he seems to know what he's doing more than Boxman does, and to... yeah. He seems to definitely seem to have an interest in KO and the Plaza gang. I think he wants to take them down just as much as Boxman for some reason, which, again, is there something bigger here? Is Could he be like a like Laser Blast, Cherry Fair? Could they all be the same person? You never know. Like, Could he have some person vendetta? I don't know. but um, Yeah, because if we're connecting him to Shadowy Figure, then we also have to take into account all the TKO stuff of like him trying to mm-hmm. awaken his power as well. So... But yeah, all in all, it just seems to be he's looking for power, <laughs> power sources for something. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that that's a, an, another interesting plotline to go through. It's but, a fun uh, party too. And one last thing I just want to add, though, I I thought definitely um plasma looked awesome in this episode. So points there. <laughs> yeah, the point headquarters showed up in this episode in the present day, which uh, I guess it's to be expected, but I don't think that that had been totally confirmed up to now that it was still functional. Yeah, I didn't know if it was actually a thing. I mean, we knew about the Academy, but we didn't really hear much about point itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was an interesting touch to to add here. Uh, and uh, I guess while while we're on this episode, I, I do want to say like the botsman on the ship just was all kinds of chaos. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yes. Like my, uh, the the weirdest part was when he stopped the show to give us a Looney Tunes style short. That in the was so <laughs> random. That I love how Eden is like the Bugs Bunny of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bots? <laughs> <laughs> and he's literally chewing a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that was that was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Oh man, Alex! <laughs> I'm a sucker for for carrots. Oh, okay. Oh, I you sucker for old school I'm also a sucker for Enid, and it's just her popping up randomly in this episode. <laughs> that was very, what about very old, strange. What about the old school cartoon parody? Like that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, there was a, the the uh, I think his name is Billiam. He is the the rich golden headed guy. Uh, oh, was, was anybody else creeped out by his design, <laughs> or is that just me? Nah. I mean, he looks a little, you know, interesting, but he's rich. Which yeah. people have weird faces? I guess that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. I've seen enough of weird rich guys this week, definitely. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't hang around rich people, so I wouldn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so, yeah, here was a very good ship in Professor Venomous and uh, and Botsman. But we had, I think, our best ship of the show over in, back in Red Action. We had... Of course, that one's much oh, better. Yeah. But this one's, like, silly yeah. and fun. But oh, let, let's talk. Let's talk about this. <laughs> I, I think oh, we've covered right. the big plot plot elements of the of this bomb. But now let's go to what was very interesting to see: uh, Enid and Red Hatch and flirting and having a date together. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. Even though I have a feeling Red might just be a one off character, I still and this whole plot might just be one off thing. I still love the episode, so it didn't need to be plot to be a great episode. Yeah, Michelle, what do you think about this just as an episode in, in general? Because, like, it is really far off. We're introducing these huge troopers and basically Red Action because we barely know anything about her, too. How, how is this just as an episode? 
This was a great episode. Oh my god. The pacing was good. I thought the dialogue was really good. I thought Enid and Red's interactions were very genuine. And it was just so I love seeing the the Hugh team. Like, oh, all these like powerful, cool, futuristic ladies fighting. It was so great. It was so good. And I don't know. It it is kind of plotty just not about ko just like expanding the universe kind of plotty in a way we haven't really done before much but like i loved it i thought it was so good and it left it open for her and red to hang out more later in the future so that's really cool i thought this was a very strong episode all around honestly had um, lots of action had feels had gay stuff had good character <laughs> development and everything you could want honestly oh yeah um Ever, uh, it definitely reminds me of old school, like '80s anime. If you seen any '80s anime, like uh, Project AKO, um, it definitely reminds me of that. And I guess a little also of Power Rangers too, with the color coordinates. Oh, totally. Yeah, that, that for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Interesting. Um. Red, I tell you though, I can't. I'm hoping though to see if Red comes back. I definitely want to see Enid, Red, and Elodie in an episode together, and perhaps Elodie might get a little jealous. Well, see, that's oh, the maybe. thing because, like, uh, we we already talked about this a little bit with Elodie, right? Like, oh, that'd be nice if she came back. But let's face it, she hasn't in like twenty episodes. She's been mentioned, so, though. She's been, she keeps getting mentioned, but yeah. And so, like, Red Action, like, while she's a great character, I guess we do have to temper our expectations a little bit on, on her coming back. But yeah, I agree. Like, uh, just that their interactions together in this episode was just amazing to watch all the way through. <laughs> Uh, Enid g- giggling when she's getting caught looking at her, and then uh, at at the end, um, Red Action gets confidence when Enid touches her shoulder. Like, uh, yeah. it's all, it's all the little touches that <laughs> help really make this together. And also, notice though, um, Kale's barely in that episode. Um, so it shows you how different this show is from Steven Universe in terms of reliance on his main character. That it can do an episode with pretty much very little Ko, while Steven Universe is so relying on steven for every scene so i see a little different style here well actually that that is an interesting point that like of these eight episodes i want to say only two of them focused on ko because the uh, G- glory days barely had ko he just says mm. a framing device uh, that's Pla- true plaza olympics was a ko episode um we got mm-hmm. hacked was a ko episode uh, Parents' Day, uh, I, I guess, more of sort an of. Enid episode, but everyone was kind of there from the main yeah. Uh, back in Red Action, obviously, almost no KO. Oh, let's mm-hmm. take let's take a moment. Almost no KO. Mm-hmm. Vill- Villains Night Out and Villains Night In. We only like in Villains Night In, we got a bit of yeah. KO. But yeah, yeah, well, that's like, accurate. He was not in there very much. Yeah, so I, I do agree that it's a, it's a good point to make that like uh, that that's also supporting our point that just the characters in this show all around are very good. To the point where, like, we can have a, an episode on almost any character and have it be good, have have mm-hmm. potential to be good. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's that is definitely a nice touch. Um, uh, of uh, Red, Red Action, um, in the as for the Hugh Troopers, um, any anybody stood out to you or were they well, all <laughs> one? They're all good. Um, though I think one part of my favorite for weird reasons. Black Strategy, because she's voiced by Erica Mendes, who is the English voice of Aqua and Little Witch Academia. Oh, well, you're so, biased there. Yeah, but, <laughs> yes. but she's also the new, the current voice of Sailor Uranus in the new Sailor Moon dub, and the voice of Ripko in Kill a Kill, so she has a lot of anime background, and so does the, the voice of Green Guts, um, Jamie Marshy, 
who who does a lot of anime stuff. So, okay. we have a lot of anime actors in the show. Um, you know the voice of Fink. That's Laura J. Miller. She does some stuff on Digimon, just like Melissa Fawn has done stuff on Digimon. So that's what I love about the show, though. It definitely have they get a lot of anime people to do some voices here. Right. Uh, yeah. so the old, like the only thing that I can remember specifically is when they're introducing themselves and uh, mm-hmm. ye- yellow goes yellow technique. <laughs> well, it seems like yellow technique and um, redaction might have kind of been an item in the past. You saw Enid looking through like the Instagram with the picture of them together, and at the very end, yellow technique's like, oh, like she seems different. Good for her, and just uh-huh. leaves. It's like she gave her her blessing, basically. And so I think that's kind of interesting. I yeah, this, this, like, it was a it was an interesting lingering shot there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do have this out there theory when this episode first aired, and that is could be that yellow could be a descendant of Elodie, but that's really you out just there. want to attach that's Elodie to everything. Out there, that's pretty out there, Steve. <laughs> Now, uh, an important question here. Is this a time paradox because uh, Red Action took this crystal that was supposed to have been found by her previous generations? Oh, I, oh, I don't know if okay, Kea wants to <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> it's so, entirely possible it is, though. Maybe so, but who cares? I love the episode. Good, so. good, good opinion. <laughs> good opinion. Who cares? I just wanted to bring that objection in, for, but yeah, like the the whole lore thing with like, uh, oh, this uh, rock guy found the crystal and gave it to the huge troopers to protect from a disaster. I kind of got lost in that in that subject. Like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, was a show that I have too much like continuity, like the a strict continuity, like uh, the end of we got hacked. You saw what happened to Ko, what happened to him, and so this is like sometimes you have these endings with these gags and stuff that. They pretty much say, pay no attention to the next episode, um, including the dog face thing. So it's. Yeah, I, I guess all in all, the fact that it, it doesn't put as much emphasis on that hel- helps this episode because you're, you're not worried about catching the details. You're just enjoying the ride pretty much. Uh, yeah, I think we've we've covered most of most of that episode. Any other red, red action takes you want to give? Here? <laughs> mm. I like her. I think she's really cool. And I just like that they did the whole, like, both of them thought the other was way cooler and therefore too intimidating to initiate a hangout, which is very relatable and super cute. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see Red Action come back and yeah, maybe more of the Stormtroopers, too, because I like them, too. Maybe have, like, you know, have just more episodes like that, even though I know that's not the main plot. <laughs> But I, but I think that'd be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, red action might be. Um, maybe I'm being biased, but the episode of best episode of the series so far, at least wow. the most progressive one. Whoa. <laughs> well, definitely most progressive. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, be- best well, episode that is. And hmm. no more pal cards. I think that's progressive in a different yeah. way too. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And we barely. Oh, you just remind me. We barely talk about um. Dendy. I mean, how well, let's that? let's move on to that episode, shall <laughs> okay, we? Uh, well, we? We got hacked. This was a weird episode. <laughs> yeah, it was. That might like, have been my least favorite from well, the slew we were looking at. They have at. a studio audience. They seem like they heard a studio audience sound at various points. 
Like, oh, oh, the canned laughter. Uh, yeah. Speaking of studio audience, just, just before we get to this episode, just back to um, uh, let's take a moment. Like that episode began with the like laugh track when Carol entered the store, and there was like yeah. reaction noises. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that was that was a weird decision. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to Dendi. She's the one more associated with the laugh track. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it seemed like when she entered, it was like applause, like. No, yeah, that that's been a running gag. I've yeah. heard like that's from their first appearance. I think they were already doing that. But yeah, that that's I, I always get a chuckle whenever they do. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I want to because we also have Parents' Day, but and I think that's supposed to be the Halloween episode. But honestly, like this episode got the tone better of just dread and zombie creepiness. Mm-hmm. Um, any I guess just any general opinions on um. Uh, like favorite parts of the episode, or if it's a bad episode, or, or any anything. I don't think it's a bad episode. It's just kind of uh, weird, and it, I mean, I I'm sure they had a lot of fun with doing the 3D animation as a, a change in style for the episode, but I don't know. I mean, they all looked really creepy when they were rendered that way with the hack virus. Dendi huh. continued to be awesome. Yeah. That's about what I've got. <laughs> I love how Dendi kind of kind of gets angry in her own way at KO. Yeah, yep. but she, without really getting angry, she's like, okay, she, she's just she, she's very calm, but you can tell she is angry, and she keeps bringing it up. Like, I hope she you does. know that she wanted <laughs> to apologize. Yeah, and he finally does. Yeah, and just the ending part is when they like hug, and it's uh, at least we will end our existence together. <laughs> Oh, that's a very shipping moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very sweet. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, maybe, maybe in the future, maybe Eden and Red Action have that type of moment too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the the fandom will explode if we get that. <laughs> but K- Ko and Dendi are kind of like the Connie and Steven, I guess, where it's yeah. just cute to watch them <laughs> interact. Yeah. Uh, you're not. Oh. You're not into this, oh. Michelle. <laughs> And it hasn't gotten to a point where it feels like a romance. They don't like hug each other and blush all the time. So no, that's I think true. they're just they have a very sweet friendship. And that's how early Steve and Connie felt a lot too. So I think it's really nice you as know, it I'm, is. I'm wondering maybe hopefully maybe we might see a Dendy Fink fight. I kinda wanna see that, especially since I learned now that their voice actresses, they got sort of history, but it, it's like getting, well with the gossip. Both on the Digimon dub, the old school Digimon dub. So by history, of- he means they work together. <laughs> okay, okay, not like history, history. But yeah, but especially like see like what uh, Dendi just like say like when Fink tried to attack Chaos, like oh no, you don't, you don't hurt him <laughs> and just get mad, but in her own way, you know, the calm mad like we saw in this episode. Yeah, and also I just want to say like the ending in particular is very strange because you have a uh, Ko being the only one left with a CGI head. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Gar says, laugh. like, I think you should fix this. And it just ends with Dendi laughing and K.O. laughing, too. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that that was an episode. That was um, definitely an episode. Let's see here. We also uh, Other things we have not talked about yet. Um, let, let's head over to Parents' Day. We can take a visit over there to Enid's family life. We have yeah. the introduction introduction of Bernard and Wilhelmina. Uh, Bernard is, as described by Rad, uh, Bernard is a hot werewolf, and Wilhelmina is a hot <laughs> vampire. Yeah. And Rad's yeah. awesome. He's like hot, 
hot mom and hot dad. Like, what do you gotta be worried and embarrassed about? It's just like, I love that take from Red. It's so good. Yeah. And hot, take that, Twilight. Hot take for hot parents. Yeah, this was, I'd say this was a very funny episode, like, all the way through. Good episode. Because it, 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 it begins a relatable with, episode. Yeah, very relatable for all of us who have had awkward interactions with other people's parents. And our own parents, <laughs> and, for sure. And our own. Uh, we, we begin actually seeing Rad's parents, uh, Ofang and Theodosia, and uh, yeah. they're, they're just your classic aliens. Uh, where are the ray guns? <laughs> yeah. And doesn't his dad fall and say blorp? Yeah, yeah I think he says say blorp. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Enid is confronted by where are her parents, and she says, "Anyway, gotta go by," and she just falls back <laughs> into a hole. <laughs> yeah. So they stalk her, and they find out she lives in a haunted house, and she has a witch outfit that she wears at home. It's cool. Yeah, I I, I really like the witch outfit. Yeah, she looks good as a witch, honestly. Yeah. And, and you know, I saw that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. that came out creepy. <laughs> I've seen too much fan art already. Oh, you know, I first saw that outfit, like, the thumbnail for the Cartoon Network app showed her in that witch outfit, so I thought it was spoiled a bit, but which at first I thought it was just a weird Halloween episode, and that was her co- costume, but... Yeah, because yeah. Ke- Ko initially reacts like, oh, th- she's going trick-or-treating without us? <laughs> yeah, without us, it was so pure. Yeah, and then they get invited in. Um, Rad begins making a bunch of uh, haunted house jokes. Any skeletons in the closet? Bats in the belfry? <laughs> and the mom's just like, yeah! She, like, answers all of them very seriously while Enid, like, slowly loses her mind. Well, what about those those little monsters in the basement? That definitely feels homage to Casper. Yeah, the, the ghosts in the basement were annoying to me. <laughs> like, I, I didn't but get you, much out of them, but... Well, I always found Casper's uncles annoying, too, so it sort of it was a perfect homage. I guess. I are are ghosts say, meant to be annoying? <laughs> honestly, I really like how a lot of the minor characters have, like, these very, like, particular voices. Like, the kind of voices I just don't hear cartoon characters have in other shows and i just find that like very pleasing somehow like i really like fink's voice too just like these you know what i mean like these very like kind of silly wacky voices they're so good though i really like them yeah well yeah yeah, i guess um, these these guys had like a bit of an accent like uh was it like a southern accent or what what kind of though i'll have to watch yeah yeah there was something there yeah, Fink's voice definitely sounds familiar to me. That's why I looked it up. And and besides Digimon, she's also the voice of Lisa Loud in The Loud House. I don't know if you've seen that ah, show. That's yeah. that house. Do you sound familiar? Like, that's why I figured it had to be La- Laura, La- Laura, who is the voice of that because definitely sounded sort of like Lisa, who sort of reminds me of Dendi, but is not Dendi. So. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just so in regards to this episode, it ends with uh, Enid turning into like a tornado type thing to trap the possessed yeah. people. Uh, that that animation was pretty cool to look at. Uh, the parents become proud of her. Uh, they call her a winja. Just like wi- such an awful parent thing to do. Just like yeah. come up with the silly word you think is great and your child immediately hates it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it was cute to see them like, you know, be proud of her. Yeah, and it was really cute. And I love the whole rat Enid talk, pretty much saying that's how parents are. Like we all have sort of parents that sort of embarrassing, but you know, you know, Rad pretty much tells Enid that we're not laughing at you, so 
it's okay. Yeah, I, I really liked that yeah, rat interaction at the end. It was it was sweet. <laughs> oh. It was really sweet, and I keep wondering if this if they're ever gonna be an item, and, and, and not that I want that because again, like I like friendships more in general. Oh. Um, but I do think they're progressing at like a, a believably slow and reasonable pace in getting closer to each other and being more real with each other, which see, which well, like, kind of was their problem when they were younger, right? Like, they, especially Rad, he was just very insecure and didn't know how to be himself. So, I, yeah, I thought this was a really great moment for them to, like, actually have a talk and be genuine for once instead of just relentlessly teasing each other. Uh-huh. And um, other highlights from this episode? Um, let's see what else. Uh, for for especially for Steve, um, this is where we get the Elodie name drop. Yeah. Oh, nobody's yeah. visited since Elodie. Keep but, mentioning her. Yeah. She's got to come back some point. And the ending but of by, her episode. By, by keep mentioning her, this is the only time she was mentioned in these eight episodes. I know, but, but, right. but the ending <laughs> of that, um, the ending of the, uh, you gotta, you gotta care definitely implied that her. That there's more to her. That her story might not be done yet. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll bring her back eventually. But yeah, just a nice uh, reminder here. Um, also, uh, at some point, uh, Enid says like, "Why are you punishing me?" And looks up to heaven, and, and the god so is corn. That was so <laughs> yeah. good. And corn god's just like, eh. He just shrug, <laughs> shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I. I between this show and Star vs. the Forces of Evil, Corn has a very important place in, in pop culture, it seems. Yeah. Uh, also, between this and Star vs. the Forces of Evil, rich people are very weird. Well, yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I get, according to what you guys have told me, that's also a thing just everywhere, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> however, if, anybody, if any of you worship Corn, please let us know. I would like to know if that's a phenomenon that happens in real life. Well, you better watch. Uh, some people, you might get confused with some people who worship the band Corn. so. <laughs> well, the, that guy who was in Corn was in an episode of OKKO OK earlier this year, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, anyways. Uh, um, yeah, and now that we have, uh, we can find, we're uh, wrapping up here. We haven't um, really talked about Fink. Uh, F- Fink's episode Fink was Villain's good. Night In. Yeah, that's uh, the episode I want to talk about. That's a very good episode. Yeah, that was uh, the most recently aired one that we, we're actually recording very, almost just like an hour after it aired. So this and, one's a bit fresher. And I'm, yeah, and this episode makes me love even more the Boxman children. Though I wonder where was Raymond doing all this, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I I wonder if they're going for like Shannon and Daryl are the childish ones, and Raymond's like the aloof brothers. Like we're too old for this stuff. We gotta go do like big people things. Maybe they just find it unrealistic though that maybe like think like could handle three people, but you could handle two of them. Yeah, Michelle, your thoughts on on Botsman's children and or Fink here? Mm, I think they're all very precious and i like them a lot i thought i was gonna hate them when they first became a thing but they have such an amazing family dynamic and they're they're very much children and i think that's super great and also doesn't hurt the fact that boxman himself is also very much like a like a man child yeah totally so it's just like it's so wonderful because they're so flawed and yeah, it, it's great. Even like Jethro, I, I I kind of have like a place in my heart for at this point. Yeah, where was Jethro here? <laughs> he's probably his bedtime. He's one Aww. of the youngest, isn't he? Yeah, so he's probably in bed. Besides, I want I don't want to think near Jethro in my I, who knows what. <laughs> 
Yeah, that could mean death for Jethro. I mean, Fink definitely tried to corrupt these two precious robot children in this episode. Um, they were very happy watching uh, their dad's Sesame Street style videos on the, <laughs> obeying your parents. And uh, Fink decides to show them more, uh, I guess, violent videos on her phone. Uh, we we also get a. Yes, Steve. Yeah, what what Fink was showing? Was showing like a horror movie or something? Well, I think it's just general violence. Like, uh, I yeah. guess maybe like somebody getting chainsawed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we have we have the game where she they're playing house and uh, she rebels and it's like I've awakened your free will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I enjoyed that part very much. Uh, let's see here. And and then at the end, it ends with uh, Fink activating this outfit with a, a glorp. Uh, the same power substance that was referenced in the previous episode, and it gives her like these superpowers. So that might end up being important later. I, I don't know, but it was it was a nice thing to look at Fink being like you know overpowering people. Yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, and uh, actually we we do get a running gag near the end of wait rats can go through the toilet, and I, I'm not sure is this an urban legend? Uh, I just thought it was this was accepted that rats are in the sewers. Ugh. But like to go through toilets, I think that was more the thing. Could they survive? Could they make it all the way through a toilet from the sewer? Answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I think Fink is a special kind of rat. Like the she, she's an exception. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder what is Fink. Is she an actual like? Uh, is she also like uh, in a creation of villainous like, or is she like a rat to actually? When imploring him, he could almost she could just be like very much like those like Boxman's children, only she may not know it. I guess, although like we have bunnies walking around and and uh, people that look like uh, other animals, so like uh, I I think Fink is just a rat. <laughs> I think that's that's the end of it, but well, yeah, that's possible. Um, yeah, so I guess there's other than just uh, the uh, Sh- Shannon and Daryl being kind of cute I guess there's not that much substance to this episode but it was it was definitely funny to watch at times yeah but, I agree I, I agree too I also don't like to see maybe I do feel it was unfair though how our heroes so like beat up our, our precious robot children because they weren't <laughs> trying to do anything bad this episode <laughs> well yeah, yeah. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it would have been nice to see them go the route of uh, in the last Venomous episode where they actually kicked KOs and their their butts instead. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, it, now was Daryl and Shannon better in this episode or in Plaza Olympics? Oh, oh, I forgot they were in an episode, but that was a good one too. That was the one where they actually got their own participation trophy and they won. And that also an episode when they're very much Team Rocket in that episode. Like, yeah, I was into it. Yeah, uh, Plaza Olympics is the last episode we haven't really talked about, just because uh, there's not much here, I guess. Although we do have a uh, Potato and Colwert having big roles. Uh, uh, Potato appeared previously. At, I think her only major appearance was at the end of that. Uh, the the furry episode is the only way I can remember calling it. But, yeah. Uh, but Colwert has just appeared in the background of a bunch of episodes. Uh, and any thoughts on, on either of them? Like, uh, at least to me, Colwart came off very annoying, even to the end. And I guess that was the point, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, and any thoughts? Uh, 
It's fine. I love the. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. Yep, yep. Yeah. I love yeah. the box when they got they got their reward and they were so happy and they actually got a win in their own minds they got a happy ending so there's that yeah that that was cute uh we also have um let's see other things i'm I'm just trying to pick out stuff that would even be worth pointing out oh i love how they, the uh, rules saying there's no rule saying that you can't do this or you can't do that i thought that was very funny I thought that I think that will also remind me an homage to the movie Air Bud. I don't know anyone remember that movie. I I remember vaguely. Yeah. yeah. yeah see, there's no rule a dog can't play be in the basketball team. <laughs> That's why they remind me this year oh, saying oh my gosh. that evil robots can't be part of the Plaza Olympics. Uh, I'm glad Air Bud ad- addressed that early in the <laughs> franchise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so we have that. Uh, I enjoyed with the judging. Um, Carol g- giving Ko a high score. It's like it's for your character, <laughs> or, or, or a low score actually. It's like sorry, yeah, you're building that's your character. Really sweet. Yeah. yeah, we had that. Um, at at the end, um, Brandon eats uh, strawberries in front of the strawberry girl, and, and she gets so repulsed. Yeah, so, you gotta uh, be more tactful, man. Yeah. Well, your audience. Brandon is anything if not tactful from his previous <laughs> appearances in the show. Uh, yeah, and, and anything else you want to highlight here? Because like, uh, I think this is this the weakest episode of the bunch. Oh, might be. Mm-hmm. I think I, we got hacked is my least favorite, honestly. Yeah. I like yeah. Class Olympics a bit more than that one. I group. Yeah, we got hacked. Yeah, that's also so generic episode, even though. It's like the only like Dendi episode, and I love Dendi, but they all can't be gems. Yeah, I, I think Dendi and the more unique tone of that episode helped out a lot, whereas this one is like it's just kind of going through emotions a little bit more. But yeah, so all in all, I guess uh, we, we covered the big episodes right at the beginning, and then we kind of petered out at the at the end here. But yeah, from we began with Glory Days, which was a uh, I think a really good episode. And we ended with Villains Night In and Villains Night Out, which I think is a successful two-parter. So, mm-hmm. uh, all in all, I'd say it's a, um, a, above, a, a above average batch of episodes here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Some of my yeah. faves of the whole season, definitely. Oh, oh yeah, this, this batch was top-notch. I can't really think of one episode that's really bad. Um... Yeah, sure. Some episodes are weaker than the others. Like, like we got hacked. Plaza Olympics might be weaker than the other ones, but those are still good episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do want to end this on, on a high on a on a high note, and I just want to say, like, uh, of my my favorites, I I think Back in Red Action ends up being my favorite, just because like it was very exciting and uh, yeah. and like fun to watch from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, like the plot episodes, like Let's Take a Moment and Glory Days, I think those were really good too. And then Parents' Day was was fun to watch as well, but I, I think I'd go back and Red Action. You guys have any different takes on what was the best one of this group? No, I love Back and Red Action was my favorite. No matter, it was go, it was decided two weeks ago when I saw the episode. <laughs> you, Michelle, for favorites? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Back and Red Action, like you know, <laughs> for the gay, but. I don't know. I honestly, I thought Parents' Day was a pretty strong episode. Yeah. And the fact that it had like no plot relevant stuff and it was still so entertaining, I think that might be my number two. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see arguing that Parents Day was the best of this, just because it is also really good on the humor and yeah. also good on the characterization of Enid. Uh, you have that rat interaction at the end. So yeah, it, it, it definitely yeah. has a lot of strong points yeah. there as well. Yeah. yeah, those two episodes probably are the b- b- best ones. Those are both Enid episodes. Though, though I love coincidence. The Villain's Night Out was Coincidence uh, was three. pretty fun on oh, the too. Yeah. No, no, oh no! I'm Villains Night In, my right, number three, probably. Oh, re- Villains Night In. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'd go out over in, but uh, I would go out over in too. But you know, to each their own. Yeah. Uh, make make it known that this is not about belly buttons, but about the episodes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on that on that note, we'll we'll be wrapping up here. We don't know how how much uh, episodes left are scheduled to air this year. As far as we know, there's a let's watch the pilot episode coming at some point, but that that's about it. Uh, um, but like, I think there's like four episodes left of the first season if if it's like 52 episodes. Yeah, but we, we info uh, right at at this moment we're recording is very thin, so yeah. you'll just have to keep uh, keep uh, keep alert when once we have a bunch a couple of episodes uh, in the pipeline, we'll begin thinking about doing another podcast. Yeah, but, but we th- but we thank all of our listeners who who are keeping up with us uh, on this coverage of uh, OKKO. And, thanks, uh, guys. Yeah, really, yeah. Th- thank you to thank anybody you. who's listening. And you can let us know if you're listening, what your thoughts are on these episodes or just on the show in general uh, at OverlyAnimated.com. You can comment there. You can also join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about OKKO or any other show. Uh, you can join us there at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we would always appreciate if you could support us uh, financially uh, via Patreon. Uh, you can find how to do that at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Uh, we thank all of our, our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Lily, a.k.a. Panda Lily. And uh, thanks, as always, to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, Hugh, and yours truly. Uh, we, uh, as for other podcasts right now, we just finished up uh, our Star Vember coverage of Star vs. the Forces of Evil. So if you want to catch up on those podcasts that are up there, we did Steven Universe fairly recently. Yeah. And uh, w- and we're also still covering uh, Mysticon, so you can catch up on that show. If if you like OKKO, OK I think it's just go- goofy enough that it'll, it's a similar tone, but maybe a bit more plot-focused. Plot but yeah, we're just covering a lot of different style shows here on Overly Animated, and we definitely—if you like OKKO, OK then you'll probably like a lot of the other shows that we cover here on on the site. But uh, yeah, any any final thoughts, guys, before we sign off? Good good times. Excited for the end of season one, which will happen eventually. I mean, we're getting close—less than yeah. ten episodes away now, right? Yeah. One one would think. One would yeah, think. Yeah, one would think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um I definitely need to see Red come back. I excited to see Red come back and um we'll find and find out more what's going on with point. Um let's see if your theory is Carol really evil or not. I really don't think she is, but I just <laughs> perhaps KO's dad might be a villain here, so we'll see. Yeah, so tune in next time to find out if KO's entire family has gone evil, okay? <laughs> So on that note, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Adios. All right. Bye. Bye.